This podcast is powered by The Plug. Hey, podcast listening people. How are you doing today? Appreciate you so much for listening in to the show. My name is Connor Doobie and I'm your host each and every single episode here to bring you the top insights, information, resources, tips, tricks, you know, stories from the incredible community here in Denver, Colorado of entrepreneurs, leaders, mentors, uh, subject matter experts. And I have a great show for you today. My good friend, Jessica Gonzalez, stops by, who is a well-known event planner locally here. She's been an entrepreneur for over 15 years, um, sold, exited, had a successful business exit before the age of 25, and now hosts a, a Denver-based event series called Great Mind Meeting, Great Minds Meetings, which is a lot of fun, um, really high-level networking. I've actually had the great opportunity of speaking at one of her events, and Jessica is just such a giver and really great human being. I'm so excited for you to hear her story today. Before we get there, very quickly, if you have a guest you recommend, want to collaborate with the show, want to partner up in one form or another, something we're always open-minded to, just feel free to send us an email over at milehighmentors at gmail.com. Again, milehighmentors at gmail.com, and we will follow up with you there. Also, feel free to uh, you know give us a shout on all your social media, you know it, wherever you find us on social media. Give us a shout. And I just realized I forgot one of the most important things I always say at the beginning of these shows is please do us a tiny favor. Pause this right now. Pause this wherever you're listening. Make sure you go subscribe uh, and give us a review because first off, we really appreciate the feedback. Helps us quite a bit. Um, Helps us continuing to make the show great for you. And it also helps with our rankings so that other people can find the show. So, you know, pause this, make sure you give a review, make sure you subscribe. And we are super, super grateful to you for you for that. All right, guys, without further ado, please give it up for Jessica Gonzalez on the Mile High Mentors podcast. speak in front of crowds of people uh-huh. this is nothing <laughs> only tens of thousands of people are listening to you right now okay <laughs> <laughs> like meh that's nothing new <laughs> i'm digging the dress got like the whole it's like marilyn monroe style like i always envisioned like the white dress like brunette marilyn. style yeah yeah oh she was bl- marilyn she was, blonde. Mar- she was blonde oh okay got it yeah i like to put my flare on it flare on it what's the flare <laughs> like flare like buttons like no like as in actually i got into the marilyn monroe look when i was blonde for a short time and now i'm not blonde so i still do it when were you blonde how long ago were you blonde jessica gonzalez like a year ago hmm lots of people said they didn't like it and i was like i don't care hmm. <laughs> it was a bucket list item thing to do now is gonzalez hispanic Mm-hmm. Is your family Hispanic? My father's Hispanic. Mm. My mom's a white girl. Ah. Mm-hmm. From call, they're from South Colorado, right? Pueblo. Yeah. Is that where you're yeah. from? Pueblo, Colorado, originally. Wow. Yep. You're the second native. We've had a lot really? of guests that aren't natives, but we've your second one in, we've had in today. Just had Paul Foley in here. He's a native. Yeah. I didn't know that. He is a native. Huh. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or your company are looking to jump into the podcast world, now is the time. The Plug Agency is here to connect you to the full power of podcasting. You just record and leave the rest to us. The people are listening and want to hear from you. Theplug-agency.com. That's theplug-agency.com. Click the link in the episode description for an exclusive offer. I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> so what was it like growing up in Pueblo? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> well, 
kind of boring. It's got a small town mentality. And get uh, your get your face up in here. Okay. Scoot yourself up. Get yourself comfortable. Um. No. Feel free. Feel free to move this around if you need. Get it. No. No. That's off. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do but we need know, to get her scoot scoot up to the mic a little bit? Yeah, just, a little bit. Yeah, get, just bring. You pull want me your to do this? Short, I can do this. Yeah, that's cool. Pull yeah. your chair up. Okay. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> I told you, you got to get that get that freaking mic right up right up in your mug. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Pueblo. What was it like growing up in Pueblo? Uh. Well, it was a little different for me. <laughs> uh, so, well, I started my first company when I was 15 as a teenager. So for me, Pueblo is kind of boring to live in. There's not a whole lot to do. So really for me, it was just finding something to do out of boredom. Like, so I started a company. <laughs> um, it was a event production company. So lighting, sound, special effects. It's called FX Express. And uh, yeah, no, that's where I learned the basis of business. Yeah. You started event production that early on. I had some help. Yeah. <laughs> I had some help. Like who? Uh, so my business partner, uh, David Cesario. Um, I met him in detention at high school. <laughs> I was a little bit Is the best place to, <laughs> to find your business partner. Jessica in detention? I couldn't see it. Oh, my God. Like, every day. Every day. What were you doing that was causing so much detention, causing Um, stress and chaos? Ditching school. (laughs) I would either ditch in the morning or in the afternoon, so I was always there only half a day, like, the whole year. (laughs) This was high school, I'm guessing? Yeah. Because you're 15 in high school. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. So... But you know what? It was probably the biggest day of my life because ever ever since then, I just found the love of, of events. Mm. And I've never doubted it one day. There's been a lot of people who told me, like, I remember um, when I started doing it in hotels. My very first hotel was a Marriott. And uh, my supervisor pulled me aside in a in a broom closet to have a conversation with me. That's HR friendly, by the way. And... <laughs> Sarcasm, people. Don't do it. <laughs> and he, he Unless was, you're office lovers, don't do it. No. And I'll admit it, I was struggling. I had never worked in hotels doing events before, but I had all this knowledge in hotels, or excuse me, in events, but not in hotels. And so I was struggling. I was, you know, busting my butt trying to, uh, like, really get the, my performance where it was supposed to go. And he took me aside and was just like, I don't think you're cut out for this. Like, I think... Basically, he was encouraging me to quit, and I now I realize it was because I was calling him out on everything he wasn't doing <laughs> that he should have been paying attention to. Um, you were a threat, and that's why he... But I didn't realize that at the time. At the yeah. time, I was just like, oh, I just keep messing up. So, uh, yeah, he looked me right in the eye and said, I don't think you're cut out for this. Maybe you should consider quitting the industry. And just something in the back of my mind just snapped because it was just like, like I considered it. I was like, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe I need to... Careful with the water bottle, by oh, the yeah. way. We're picking that up on the mic. So he basically <laughs> like, was... what do I do with my hands what, after what do I do? <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> it's hard. For, that's why I have a pen, and I always have to have a pen because I got to, like, have something so I get it. Um, I, want, I want people to be able to hear you. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, he was just putting a lot of doubt in my brain. Mm. and uh, And then... For like five seconds, I considered it, and then something just clicked, and I was just like, no. You know what? I don't know about that, but here's what I do know. And I just listed out everything I thought he was doing wrong, and I swear he was going to fire me on the spot. <laughs> like, I just let it all out, and I was like, well, you know, damage is done, so I might as well just tell him the truth on everything. And at the end of it, it was just awkward pause, and he looked at me and was just like, Okay carry on <laughs> he never bothered me for the rest of the time I was there like I think he was a little scared to confront me about anything other again so that was a good memory for me <laughs> wait so this was a company you're working in after you started your business yeah so I actually had my business I uh so I started when I was 15 with another gentleman and then uh we we scaled it actually really quickly we started uh, competing 
we were the only production company in Southern Colorado. And then we were competing uh, with Denver and Colorado Springs. Then it, we grew to Wyoming. Like we basically were the only company in Wyoming, Kansas. Um, we started doing shows in Nevada, Florida. Like we actually were growing super fast. And then I actually sold it when I was 21. <laughs> um, so my partner had some So you did it for six years. You built it up for six years and then yeah. you sold it to another production company? Yeah, we actually sold it to a friend who wanted to acquire the business and had been had us on his, his radar for a while. And he wanted it and kept approaching us. And um, we decided to sell it partly because my business partner, his health was starting to fail. And a lot of the business was falling on me. How much and, older was he? Uh, mm. About 10, 10, 12 years wow. older than me. Oh, so he was like 26 or 27 when you're 15 building this thing? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was hired to do a show at my high school, and, and that's how we crossed paths. And he offered me a job because uh, that's another story for another time. I'm not going to give away everything. Why not now? But <laughs> that's what we're here for. If you want me to, just for you, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it. Um, okay. So I was in- If it's interesting, if it's boring, then don't talk about it. No, it's it's interesting. It's just um, <laughs> any story you share is gonna be good. It's gonna be interesting. Uh because okay. no, I know you. You're someone I didn't know. I'm I'm strange. You already know that I'm strange. And so when I'm That's why like, we get I, along. <laughs> that's why we do that's get why along. Why we're homies. Yes. Okay, sure <laughs> drop drop the story. Uh so I was attending detention, uh, detention at high school. Yeah. And uh, he was hired to do our fashion show, our annual fashion show. And uh, we they put atten- uh, detention people into the auditorium. And so we're sitting in there. My friend that I normally walked home from school with, because I didn't live very far, uh, was freaking out. She had never had detention before. And I was like, this is no big deal. Uh, you're going to be fine. You're, and- you look over, you're like, first time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put her under my wing a little bit uh, and uh we i told her you know if we actually start picking up after the show they might let us leave a little bit early i've done it before right I'm, i've got all these little hacks now in detention and uh so we started wrapping cords and putting things in boxes boxes we didn't know where anything went so uh we just kind of did the best we could and he was actually loading his truck and when he came back everything was ready to go and so he offered me a job and uh I took it I mean I didn't have any extracurricular activities in school actually I was miserable in high school miserable bored as hell not feeling challenged um probably hanging around the wrong people so I was kind of craving just something to occupy my time and anything he would teach me I would just soak up like a sponge but I think it was fate because we balanced each other really well. He was very analytical and had an engineering mind, and I'm more of a visionary and uh, more abstract, and so we complemented each other business-wise. Right. So anything that I needed to learn, uh, he he's a great leader. I mean, he allowed the space for me to learn without feeling like something bad was going to happen. Um, I learned technical knowledge. We, we built dimmer racks through the night, soldering things together. And like, um, he taught me a lot, he taught me a lot, but I had a few things myself too mm. that I brought to the table, if that makes sense. So it was fate. Um, so we grew that business. I mean, we started just, he and I, um, October, 2005 and grew it to we then had about 20 to 30 employees in five years we had our own warehouse we had about 60,000 of our own equipment so which is big because in the business technology is always evolving and so it's hard to keep you know some equipment you are always expending it and getting new things and renting them out so for us to have 60k of just our own stuff was really awesome so what went through your head as such having that kind of success at such a young age building company and exiting what what went through your head when you're when you sold that uh i had a midlife crisis at 21 (laughs) 
we sold the company. Like I said, he had some health problems. It was falling on me. I started freaking out. I was like, is this really what I want to do for the rest of my life? I kind of just fell into this. What should I do? I should probably go to college like all my other friends and be normal. (laughs) And uh, we started seeing some of our numbers fall. We thought it was because of all the pressure that was happening with what was going on. But in reality, it was actually in 2009 where the recession was hitting. So we sold it off. Um, we didn't owe anybody anything. It was great. And with the money, I mean, a portion of it went towards my college education. A portion of it went towards his medical bills. And so it, it worked out really nicely. Um, and I ended up going to college. I did it backwards. Started a business and then I went to college. Yeah. <laughs> I got an entertainment business degree at Full Sail University, which is the only school in the country that offers an entertainment business degree. Really? And, yeah. That's surprising. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds surprising. I feel like there's got to be more than that. No. Well, now because it's been. 10 well, Metro now, like they have like event. They have one of the top event. Um, Metro State University here. There's event management program. But that's different than like there's entertainment. There's communications. There's like all these different related mm-hmm. degrees. It's not this the same is thing. the only entertainment business degree, and Full Sail is really well known for. Mm. Um, I would say creative degrees, if that makes sense. So entertainment business, does that also count as like acting and um, film and stuff like that? Or is that more media? It is. It is media. So like basically it's somebody who's running the back end of those things. Yeah. So it's like promoting an artist or um, marketing a band or um, doing a movie premiere distributing a movie it's the business side of the entertainment industry interesting and i went because i thought i was going to be a rock star one day <laughs> i was really big into open mics and singing and playing my guitar and doing what do you mean you are a rock star i am a rock star <laughs> i love how you said that. yes i am yes, self-validation yeah uh good. but yeah originally i went because i wanted to learn the business side of it and i thought mm. i couldn't go wrong because i'm just pairing two things that i love together and uh, I did a four-year degree in two years. I had no life. Now, going back, <laughs> would you encourage young entrepreneurs to do what you do if they're at 15, 30? Like, I started my, I created my first business when I was seven, so it totally resonates with me. Hmm. Um, but um, would you encourage them, in hindsight, to build that business and to continue building businesses? Or... To go to school first and maybe build businesses while you're in school. Assuming that this is somebody who has an entrepreneurial spirit. Someone like you. If you're talking to your younger self, would you have still done the university thing or maybe gone on to build something else? I have mixed feelings about it only because I didn't sit to think things through about what the end game was. Mm. And so now that I know what I know... I could be doing what I'm doing now without the degree, but it would have taken a lot of self-discipline and to maybe more time because I would have had to go out and find all this information myself as opposed to going to a college that actually pulled all that information together for one place and then kept me focused to graduate. Uh, So there was some pros and cons. I learned about subjects that I never, ever would have saw out myself so it was beneficial in that way so that when I went out into the job market uh, and I started doing what I wanted to do and I ended up doing events in hotels in the hospitality industry um, I think my experience from being an entrepreneur so young actually fast-tracked my career because I went entry level in events and hotels to a director of sales for a resort in three years when everybody around me told me it would take 10 to 15 years. So I was but like... it did. Yeah, because you had that 10 to 15 years prior in experience. I did. I had... So kind of did. Yeah, I kind of did. It's just I did not like being limited. Whenever someone told me that I couldn't make this happen or that happen, it's like, I've already had a business. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and how is sales and resorts so complicated? 10 to 15 years? That seems a little audacious. It's not. It's political. <laughs> yeah. They just told you that is another way to kind of deter you. To deter me, to hold me back. Because mm. what ended up happening in hotels is 
they would promise, promise, promise. Oh, yeah, you'll get a promotion or, oh, yeah, we'll put you in this department. And then they'd be like, let's train you. Let's have you shadow. Let's teach you. And so somebody would put two, three, even five, six years into hoping for that position. And then when it's finally available, uh, they would just put someone outside from the company. Hmm. Constantly happened. And I saw that happening. And, I, and how I climbed it so quickly was, was like, well, they're just going to pull someone else from another company. Then I'm just going to optimize my resume, which I had the experience and go in confident in the interview, right? And that's a key thing, believing that you can actually do it. But I basically kept promoting myself by just switching companies. And then ultimately, I ended up in Estes Park, Colorado, which is a smaller town. It's a mountain town. And they were desperate for someone who knew what they were doing. And they ended up hiring me at my age. I've been so discriminated against on my age. I'm sure you have too. Maybe. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> and so I had to learn how to combat that. There was a lot of hurdles I had yeah. to get over. But talk, talk about that a little more. What do you mean by discrimination on your age? Uh, well, because the norm, it took so long. You felt it was your age or your gender or your skill set or potentially your level of experience. But you call it. So you think is age is like the biggest thing. I think when I was getting started, it was age. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an employer actually told me that they weren't going to put me in that position because they were afraid that the clientele wouldn't be able to relate to someone so young hmm. because the clientele was an older crowd. Right. Uh, when but, in fact they loved you because you were so young. When reality... It's full after, of character and... In essence, they just needed somebody. Yeah. Anybody because they don't have... They have such high turnover there. Everything's accelerated. And so what ended up happening is I was like, I'll take it. I'll take the job. Yeah, let's do this. And I actually made a pact with my future employer in the interview. It was basically like, if I mess up three times, I give you permission to fire me. And he was like, three times? I'm like, yes, three times. He's like, mm, I was thinking about two, actually. <laughs> I was like, just trust me. Let me do whatever I want to do. Let me put some things in yeah. place. Let me take care of it for you. And what, if what gave you that idea to do that? I don't, was, don't you feel like that would have fired you anyways if you screwed up three times? Maybe. You just felt like it helped the cause by expressing that before they hired you? I think the, the making the pact, like building that trust really quickly. Mm. It was a bold statement, especially from a young woman. And I was just like, I want this job. I am the best person for this position. I can help you. I can take care of it. Uh, and if I don't, like, give me three strikes. And if I hit those three strikes, I will fire myself. <laughs> hmm. So I think it was just the confidence of it. And uh, he's like, okay, three strikes. And I never got one strike. Not one. Um, but I was always very careful, you know, because I wanted to keep that promise. My goal with any position, any client, actually any friend any any connection period is that I want to leave it better than how I found it that makes sense and I think that mentality has gotten me really far because it, it becomes something a little bit more purposeful than just money or or anything else really it's just like I want to leave that person in a better mind state with more money or I just want to impact that's it. So now I just go around impacting wherever I can. <laughs> and you do for, for sure. What 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 what's instilled that upon you? Because that's an uncommon trait for the average person. That's a good question. <laughs> hmm. I think because I'm growth minded, I like to see things grow. Hmm. I like to bring life to things. I like to uh, help people slow down in the moment and actually enjoy themselves. And to me, that's that's growing connections. It, there's all these different ways to grow things. And people who don't like to grow things, I mean, you're either growing or you're dying. Either growth or decay is the way I look at it. It's very white and black. Mm. And so my, I feel like I'm not making progress. Can't even talk right now. Progress, um, unless I'm growing. We didn't something. even have that vino yet. I know, Jessica. So, did you study? Because you're a really positive person, and it's not like you've had the easiest of lives. But 
Um, did you do mindset things early on or that's just kind of built been built mm-hmm. into you over the years out of habit? Few things came from I would believe my parents. My father loved to read books and he lived on a farm <laughs> outside of Pueblo. And when I would go visit him, because my parents are divorced, when I go visit him, there was literally nothing to do but read books. And so I think that gave me an edge just because uh, my mother would read to me when I was young and I really liked books. And then, then he brought me a lot of different content that uh, someone my age wasn't really reading because yeah. there was nothing else in the house to read. Like what? What were you reading? Psychology. Really? Wow. Uh, body language books. Um Oh, gosh, because they had gotten divorced, he was obsessed with relationship books. Mm. (laughs) So he was growth minded and he's a natural salesperson like he's an artist. He loved to do art. And so I can't tell you how many hours of just sitting at art shows watching my dad sell his art. And then when I was about 14, then, of course, he, you know, voluntold me to start selling things. (laughs) So I think some of those things were instilled in me. But when I became 15 and I saw my business partner doing the things he was doing, I wanted to do a good job for him. Like I wanted to learn and I wanted to help grow the company and I was having fun doing what I was doing. That's a huge aspect of any of it. I couldn't have done anything in any portion of my career, even now, without having fun. And so I actually really annoy some of the other event planners because they're, they can be very stingy and precise and I am too but I like to have fun so I'll give you an example when I was working in hotels I was the only person I saw while our team was setting up the rooms for an event that I would actually put on my playlist from my my personal music and I had a setup play playlist and it had you know like oldies music and things that were meant to help them be faster and they started enjoying setting up the room they started making requests and mm. and Music laughing makes, makes a mood yes yeah and so they started enjoying setting up the room and, and doing their job and to me that made them so much more productive and it made me happy to see them happy and we worked faster things got done mm. <laughs> but my thought was why isn't anyone else doing this i've gone to other hotels i went to the embassy in loveland which is the number one embassy in i think the world maybe nation i don't remember in loveland mm-hmm. really and they're in fantastic loveland. yeah loveland yeah loveland. embassy in the yeah, world in the world so they're, why is in your opinion why is that uh one they care about their staff mm-hmm. i actually shadowed them for the day uh, they care about their staff they actually recruit um, all of their employees are from colleges that are studying event management or or banquets or whatever they're studying. So they're a little bit more invested in the outcome and they hire from within. The general manager, I don't even know if he's still the general manager, but phenomenal, great guy, really wants to see people do well, wants to see things grow. So people who get stagnant, who are just happy where they are and they're not raising their standards and constantly doing that, I feel like it just decays everything. Your life just starts becoming stagnant and you're not happy anymore. It's, I feel, a human trait of wanting to grow and progress and be better. So, you feel that way, though, naturally. So what do you think, what do you think hinders people from setting that standard? Since that, that's kind of what you say is like setting your standard is what allows you to grow Mm -hmm. um what do you think hinders most people from that fear Mm. fear and that's the basis of it i'm just going to save you some time it's fear Mm. uh but if you start seeing it some of the other reasons that branch off of that it's maybe feeling like they're not worthy of making it happen um that they'll fail they'll be embarrassed or they're not smart enough. It's all a self-esteem issue. So if you can actually, I don't want to say eliminate that issue because you can't. People try, you can't. 
There's no need to eliminate it. And that's what they're trying to do. They're constantly trying to eliminate that. Instead, you people s- think they have to eliminate it to yeah. overcome that hump. It doesn't work. That doesn't ha- it's not mm. the nature of how this works. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were I was just talking with Paul when he was in here. We we're talking about how I'm naturally introverted. Like mm. I'm much people don't think I'm introverted, but I feel dominantly introverted than I am extroverted. But I have to force myself out of habit. I can't eliminate, you know, my fear of doing, you know, talking to people, being on stage, like doing podcasts, all that good stuff, doing Facebook lives. But um, but I think habit is probably something that uh, help people will help people eliminate fear. Right. Well, again, you can't eliminate it. There's no point in eliminating Not eliminate it, it but um, learn how to control it. Right. I like to think about setting it aside. Like, I don't know if I'm visualizing. I'm a very visual person. So whenever I'm nervous, there's a few things that even I tell myself internally is it's always worse in my head than the actual outcome. If I'm nervous about it something. It always is. Always. You're always. But that's a that's a human. That There's a re, there's a evolutionary reason why we're like that. I can understand that. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, you have to, in your head, actually have the positive self-talk to get you to do what you need to do. Like when I went into that interview, you know, I had never been a director of sales before. Right. And don't get me wrong. I I sat down and thought, you know, can I handle this? I've never done this before. Like if I go in and then I can't do it, this could be embarrassing or, you know, I could get fired in a month. But then I thought, no, uh, I'm not going to let that happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be so prepared that I am the one for this job. And I had to tell myself that. And so it's so funny because when I went into the interview, um, I was like, I'm going to give him no reason to say no. So I had to sit there and prepare and think, what's a reason he could say no, that he wouldn't want me to be there. And I had an answer for everything, for everything that he could possibly come up with. And I had had visuals, I had all this stuff out. It took me three days and all I did was prepare, prepare for this interview. And then I get there and I don't think he was expecting this whole like presentation and the way I was acting. And and then I come to find out a couple of weeks later after I got hired that it was between me and like a car salesman. Someone who wasn't even in the industry. <laughs> and I had all this in the background. So it was a no brainer. So I actually worked harder than I had to. But it was pivotal because now any interview, I'm like, I've got this. I just need three days. <laughs> yeah. So you went from entrepreneurship to kind of intrapreneurship and that's something you still like now like um i guess great minds is your like a business that you're building but you're um still technically like you're an employee you finding jobs right now right i love variety Mm. i can't help it uh i discovered this when i went and worked in the corporate world in hotels because when i was an entrepreneur i loved having somebody who was my partner to help me whenever I got stuck. I needed to have somebody who knew more than me to be there when I needed it. And so when I went to the corporate world as a millennial, it's like, oh, there's structure. There's there's stuff here to help me be successful and I like this. And it's a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. So that part of the corporate world I really loved, but then the corporate world didn't know what to do with me because I did run my own company and I was being more outspoken because since I had a business partner who really encouraged that partnership, now my superiors in the corporate world, I was challenging them and yeah. I wasn't afraid to do it. And you asked earlier if, you know, maybe uh, being a, a woman in this type of environment might have There's a microphone been a part in of it. front of you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, I think in the beginning, I had never really experienced... Um, sexism in a corporate environment and so I just was trying to perform my best and I was outperforming other men and they were not happy about that yeah and started trying to sabotage things but because I had my own business I have seen my competitors try to sabotage us Hmm. so I knew exactly how to handle it Mm. you knew what that sabbatical that's something different You know what that sabotage looked like. Well, you hit on something that I think is interesting and I want to touch on is that um, it's very sexy to to go into entrepreneurship (laughs) and um, it's very popular. But I think 
a lot of people can really expand better for themselves as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And it's way by easier. taking a vehicle and people try too much to do stuff on their own. One, success doesn't happen in a vacuum. And um, and you here you are, you've gone through building a business and you almost prefer the kind of corporate, not corp like big organization, but you prefer that structure. And that's been successful for you. There's aspects of it that I really enjoy. Yeah. But starting your own business is hard. It's yeah. really hard. Like I, the longest shift I've ever worked, 36 hours straight, no sleep. Dang. That was when I had my business. Yeah. And that was right before it was kind of that growing pain going from like a, a super small business, which we were still super small, but um, just getting to that next level. It's before we actually started hiring a team. So it was just me and my partner. And so we were growing to where we had multiple events happening at one time and we needed to have several stages set up and things like that. And we were just running ourselves ragged. And um, I remember at the end of that 36 hour shift, first of all, on a somewhat other note, I've slept in some weird places to get things done because of that reason. <laughs> I've slept under stages. I slept under the stage of fog hat because I was so tired. I've slept on sidewalks while it's we fog were hat. waiting. What? Fog hat? Oh, I forgot. You're you're 25. You're young. Are you agisting right now? <laughs> Are you being an ageist right I now? I know, I know, I know. It's an old band that's awesome. Go I don't know up. old bands that <laughs> you would know. What are you? Five years older than me, maybe. But I love maybe. music. I love music. I love music. Oh, you're assuming? Okay. I don't love music. Go learn music history. Okay. Fog hat. Fog hat. What are they? What kind of music? Um, they would play with uh, Journey a lot. So think that genre. Mm. Yeah. Maybe they just sucked and that's why no one knew them. Because I know who Journey no! is. No. Uh, you're <laughs> as cold as ice. That song. I love that song. Oh, no, that's okay. Foreigner. That's Foreigner. That's Foreigner. Ugh. You're just making stuff up now. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, you slept under the stage while... While they were playing. The, oh, Because I was wow. exhausted. Did you get any, like, beer spilt on you under the railings or anything like that? No, it was outside on a And you a actually slept field. through it, huh? Like a baby. Wow. It was so loud, but it, like a mm. baby. I was exhausted. But that's the thing. My point is I have put in the time. <laughs> Imagine being a concert goer <laughs> and just looking at a stage. It's just, like, a passed out woman under there. Well, no one could see me because oh, we had, like, yeah. we had um, like a black fabric around the stage. Of. and Yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah, that's I'm funny. still made fun of that to this day from my partner. Yeah. But, um, but like, the 36-hour shift, basically, there was no one else to get it done. That's the thing that people don't understand. Like, entrepreneurship is really hard. If you don't mm. show up, like, if some your employee doesn't show up, you're the one who's going to get yelled at by your client. Like, you have to get it done no matter what. So if there's some big hurdle, something comes up, there's no one else to figure it out. You have to figure it out. You right. don't have a choice. So um, when we started hiring people, uh, a lot of people, first of all, oh, I should tell you this too. I was the mole for my own company. Mm. I'll tell you that in a second. But uh, yeah, because I was so young, no one knew I was the owner of the company. Seen Austin Powers? Mole. Yeah. Holy moly moly. I realize it's ironic that I have a big mole on my face and am, in fact, a mole. <laughs> I had 51% of the business, so I yeah. owned it. And I I think when I was able to get 51%, I was 17. Huh. So no one knew I owned the company, so I was the, my own mole for my own company. Mm. So when somebody was stealing from us, which happened, I found out. <laughs> And How little many things like did that. You have? We had a total of thirty by the time we sold it. Three teams. What'd you what'd you build it to revenue wise before you sold it? I'm actually not able to disclose that. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Contractually. Mm. Um but anyway. What you what you sold it for or what the revenues were for it? Both. Oh. Because of the contract that we sold it to the gentleman. So hmm. anyway, uh I going with that <laughs> um no actually that that's how you can use age discrimination for yourself <laughs> because 
they, people we had undermine com- you. We had competitors. That's where I was going with it. We had competitors. We, I had employees yeah. that were taking advantage of us. Um, I saw where people would go to try to get an edge. We had a competitor actually dump water all over our soundboards at a concert. He tried to knock off my partner off of a ladder that was like a 20, 30-foot fe- ladder. It was a tall ladder and like was trying to knock him off of it. He was like, oh, it, sh- it would be a shame if something were to happen oh to you. Oh, my God. I didn't realize this industry is so savage. It's any industry. My goodness. I've seen worse things in the hotel business. Really? But that's what wow. people don't realize when they go into entrepreneurship. Like, everyone wants a piece of you. Uh, you'll get vendors that are constantly trying to sell you on something. And some of them are very persuasive. And, you know, if you can't spend money on every little thing that comes by, you know, shiny syndrome. There's so many things that people don't anticipate with owning a business. So entrepreneurship is actually less risky. You can still have that mindset. You can still be part of an awesome company. Entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Mm. It's a really viable, yeah, it's really viable. I've, I've been talking about this for a while because <clears throat> I've had so many peers that try and start a business and, um, again, it's popular and it's good if you can pull it off, but there are a lot of vehicles out there that you can be 15 times more successful taking the right kind of vehicle than trying to just build it on your own. Absolutely. Be an intrapreneur. There's a difference. And I think the age thing is really interesting, too, because, you know, oh, I'm too young to start this or I'm, you know, I'm 30, you know, people like average age of people in this industry is 40. Like I wait till I'm 40 to do it or I'm, you know, I'm 18. I'm going to wait till I'm 25. That's the right age is (laughs) actually being young is a benefit Mm -hmm. because you're undermined quite a bit. And that's actually a benefit to you. Like I sell to CEOs that are baby boomers of these, you know, multi-million dollar organizations doing 50, $100 million in sales. And the conversations start because they see me as like this young punk on social and I'm putting content out there and they're like, all right, I'll give this kid a shot and I'll talk to him. And I start talking to them and then I just laser beam them in and, and like, you know, build my credibility that way by being respectful and yeah. using my knowledge because it's different, it's unique. So being young is an, um, is uh, is a benefit. And you can start at any age. You can be old and start. Well, that's the thing. The internet has changed the rules on everything. Yeah. That's why I love business because it doesn't matter anymore, especially with the internet. I mean, now, now every industry is a little different. So, like, if you're going into the medical field, obviously you want to go get a degree and know what you're doing. Right. <laughs> but... In many different industries, it's really about what you know, what you can do, your your skills. If you can get the results, oftentimes it doesn't, I mean, you don't need a degree anymore. If you can get it done, but that's the thing, the degree does help you get that knowledge, but you can get that knowledge yourself. It's just not many people have the self-discipline and the focus and the things that you need to do that yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Practitionership always wins out. My rule of thumb is... If it's time sensitive, spend the money. Mm. Like even when I'm doing weddings, right? There are people who don't want to spend money because they're trying to keep their budget, right? But it's like, okay, if somebody has the dress and it's not here and you need to spend money to get it like airlifted over here quick or for whatever reason, if it's time sensitive, just spend the money. Like three days before your wedding, uh, it's time to start spending some money to get things yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. It's, so just like with people college. don't see it as an investment though. They see it as an expenditure. You know, I heard, I, I, I heard a really interesting concept recently that you might like is that set, set an hourly rate for yourself. And if there's something that falls anything less than that hourly rate, hire someone to do it or hire a resource or pay for a resource to do it. If it falls under, like I can say I'm worth $5,000 an hour. And if it's worth less than that, then I'm going to outsource that and pay for it and invest in it. It's all about what the goal is. My time is worth more in production. Exactly. Yeah. It's the goal. I mean, if I'm working on a project and it's several months out and I've got some time to do the research and to compare vendors and things like that, then do it. (laughs) You have the time. You have to know which asset you have. 
time can be an asset. Absolutely. Mm. You can get paid to do things that other people don't want to do because they're willing to pay you money for the convenience. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have time, you're like, you know, I've got nothing else going on today. Might as well make some money. Mm. Then do it. It's an mm. asset. But if you're running your own company and, um, you know, maybe you want to get this project going, this milestone by a certain time and the clock is ticking and you need to collaborate to make it happen to get to that deadline, there you go. Then it's worth spending the money to get the collaboration. So it's all about the goal. I mean, who cares how you do it? Well, okay, no, you, people should care how they do it. It needs to be efficient, but that's the thing. And results. Ethical. And ethical. Absolutely. Well, that's just a given. Okay. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe for 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 most people, hopefully. Not like, doing it ethically is just cutting a corner. Exactly. And people love to cut corners. So what led you to Great Minds, building out that? Hmm. Well, so I quit my corporate job because I had reached my, my life's goal of being a director in my field, which was at the time hospitality. At 27, I my goal was to be 30, but I beat it by three years. And I looked around me and I was like, I'm not happy. Hmm. And I, I went and talked to my business mentor at the time and I was like, look, I'm having this problem. I'm not happy. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. And he just told me, well, just make bigger goals. Like, no, I don't think you understand. I know I'll get the goal. Like whatever I set, I'll get there. I know I will. But I don't want to get to that goal and be in the same situation I am now, which is unfulfilled and not happy. So how do I find fulfillment? <laughs> and he looked at me and was like, Jessica, what you're dealing with right now is what usually middle-aged people deal with when they get to that, that top of their mountain and then they realize they built or they climbed the wrong mountain. <laughs> yeah. So at 27, I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And everyone I talked to didn't have any answers for me. And so I figured out I'm going to have to find the answers myself. So I cannot tell you how many YouTube videos I looked at, how many books I read, how many people I talked to to just try to find those answers. And I disciplined myself to find them. Uh, I was living in Estes Park. I knew I wanted to leave Estes Park because I was like the youngest person living in Estes Park. Uh, it was a very isolated mountain town. And so I took on a client, one of my first clients, because I quit my job and I started Great Minds Event Planning, which was my own event planning business. I knew I needed clients, so I took on a client who was a hotel. I did consulting for them at DIA. So now I'm driving from Estes Park, Colorado, to DIA every day, which is a two-hour drive, four hours a day, that's a full-time job just driving and you know what I did during that time I listened to YouTube channels and I, I listened to audiobooks and I was determined to find out what the answers were to, to life I wanted to figure out how to be happy and uh, basically the basis of now a lot of my philosophies came from that I did that for 10 months and what book hit it the hardest for you what audiobook or what piece of content did you consume that that hit that shift more than anything i don't think it was just one I think that would be impossible to just have one what comes top to mind i can tell you some of the people that i found mm. that made really great content that kept me on my toes and helped me figure it out myself um <laughs> dan Locke, ty lopez grant cardone gary v all the ones that are popular um abraham hicks if you haven't heard of Abraham Hicks, you got to go check that out. Um, I just started finding all these influencers, right? And that's the thing. They tell you to go find mentors. And now the internet has brought so many mentors to your fingertips. And so I found the things that resonated with me. And, and then I started finding the right friends, the right people that really uplifted me. It was a lot of things. And... Um, Basically, what really hit home, I guess this answers your question, is uh, Ty Lopez talks a lot about a, a stoic philosophy where life is all about health, wealth, love, and happiness. And that rang with me. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, my gosh, there is nothing beyond those four pillars. 
Like everything else is a distraction. And there's subcategories within those those pillars. But I was like, man, this is what everyone's trying to figure out. And so I took those four categories and I was like, you know what? I got to start somewhere. What I realized what my problem was for my whole life was I worked so hard and I was so focused on being successful and, and growing things and having my own business and being, you know, the top of my career and all this stuff. I had no life, no life. I'm telling you right now, I was terrible at relationships. I never got to see my family because I was working so hard. Right. Um, I just, I lost out on so much and I was only in my 20s. Ridiculous. No wonder I'm unfulfilled. I wasn't balancing those four categories. And so I looked at these things and I saw, okay, wealth category isn't, isn't bad. You know, I'm doing pretty well. But relationships suck and my health sucks. My happiness is definitely not where it should be. So I actually realized I need to do one action item in those four categories every day. Because if you neglect these other categories, one day might not really see any any results from that. Yeah. But add time to that equation. Like in 10 years, you're going to know what you're neglecting big time. And that's what I see so many millennials and business owners and all these people. They are so fixated on climbing that mountain and they're going to be just like me. They're going to be 10, 15 years older. And they're going to realize I made all this money. I'm successful. I know all these people, but I'm not happy. And there's no point to it if you're not having fun. Yeah. No point. So, um, or the, fulfilled. Or fulfilled. Yeah. Now, I don't think I don't think there's an actual balance that exists. I think balance is impossible, and people get hung up on you know work life balance. It's <laughs> not real. It's not actually something that you can accomplish. You, you can balance it. No. It's nothing is ever actually perfectly balanced. The scales of justice are never going to be perfect. But like you said, if you're making the same um, consistent Mm -hmm. micro efforts in each area, that's where it compounds and balance occurs. But I don't believe there's an actual truth to balance. You're you're right. You you. okay? so for some people now now if like me, I have really huge, audacious, like crazy goals. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, and uh, and like it'd be impossible for me to have balance to accomplish that. But there's a way to build it in incrementally. What you're talking about is a concept of sacrifice. Yes. You have to sacrifice to get things that you want. Yes. Actually, you can sacrifice to get things that you don't want, too. And that's where you're distracting yourself. Very true. Shiny object syndrome. My thought is if you have to sacrifice and suffer, like you're going to suffer no matter what. Right. But there's a difference between like a good suffer, like, oh, I just went to the gym and um, my phone just died. (laughs) Um, I just went to the gym and blah, blah, blah. And that and now I um, suffered through the gym. There's a difference in that and like. You know, suffering because I have no money in my bank account to pay for my bills. If you don't balance those four, you're going to suffer greatly. You're going to have a very painful life. If you if you do balance those, let's say in a perfect world, you have all four balanced. Okay, if you're good at consistently doing it. Okay, you're right. One day it might be thrown off balance a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. But one day as opposed to like five years of being miserable, not getting what you want huge difference Mm. huge difference now i feel truly i feel like i'm 99 percent balanced in my life right now 99 percent and i leave that one percent because there's room for growth (laughs) it's what they call a um it's where you're blissfully dissatisfied you're never going to get 100 percent because my passions the things i love i love growing in those and i'll never feel like it's enough Never, never, never. That's why it's 99%. But those four categories I have strengthened, and I did it really quickly. Um, I mean, I feel like I hit a rock bottom, and then I really had to get things going in the right direction. Hmm. And now it feels the strongest it's ever been. I But 
I put a lot of emphasis on making sure that's balanced every day. Like I said, I do at least, when I started, it was four action items in those four categories every day. So I'm doing something that makes me happy. I'm doing something for my health. I'm doing something for my business. I'm doing something for my relationships every day. And that's what keeps it balanced and yeah. strong. Consistency. Now, do you do the same exact thing for same exact amount of effort for relationship as you did for health that day? Probably not. But the consistent effort compounds on itself. I think that's a good, that's a really good philosophy to have. People get too one-sided and too heavy on one component and then the others fall behind um even if one falls behind one day or a couple days here and there net net it's all going to be powerful yes one you touched on it earlier so let's say i want to grow my business did that cut oh the light just like went off i was like oh there's a ghost in here Let's say you want to have massive growth. We have have spooky studio ghosts, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Um, Let's say you have a goal that you want, and it's a big goal. So if it's a big goal, it's going to take longer to happen, right? Which means you need to expense more energy, more time, more effort into that goal, right? And you want it so badly, maybe by a certain time, right? They, They tell you to make a deadline for your goals. Let's, Even that microphone just got beef. The microphone loves me. <laughs> um, well, if I, I'm choosing that I want this to happen by this time, I'm going to need to do a lot of work for it to happen because it's a big goal. So now I'm having to sacrifice other things, right? So mm-hmm. now I'm going to look at my other categories and be like, you know what? I'm going to have to stop going out with my friends. Am I willing to do that? For this goal, hell yes. I love them, but they can wait. So now I'm I'm purposely taking focus off of that category to get something that I really care about. So the only time, I'm going to emphasize this, the only time it is okay to sacrifice anything in your four categories is for something you really, really want. Mm. So there's a difference when... When there's not a balance, when there's intention behind it. Right. I'm choosing to give this up to get this. The problem with most people is that they unintentionally are giving up things for what they don't want. They're watching six hours of Netflix, you know, to to not get anything from that, really. Just Mm -hmm. wasting time. And then they wonder, why don't I have the things that I want in my life? Well... You sat on your butt and you chose to do that and you didn't really get much out of it. Right. Which sometimes like you need to sit your ass down and consume some Netflix and just like numb out. Because I that was, that, was, that was a big mistake I made at one point was like you can only go, go, go for so long. Not that you get burnt out. Like burned out is just a byproduct of not being passionate about what you're doing. But you can definitely find yourself um, – too still too heavy and not you know making intention for the other things like just laying on the couch watching netflix for a little bit yeah yeah but if you know yourself really well removing yourself like sometimes you have to remove yourself from being so close to what to your goal to like get refocused back onto it in a different light i mean you can only dispense so much energy you have to re-energize yeah but that takes knowing yourself really well because if you know what re-energizes you then you can put more focus and tension on doing that. Right. I'll give you an example. Everyone knows this about me. I love pool time. I love the pool. <laughs> like just being around water, I don't even have to get in. Like just being around water, being out in the sun, just love it. It re-energizes me. And so for a whole year, I committed to doing an hour of pool time every day. And what ended up happening... Rain, sleet, snow. You're still hanging yeah, out by the Yeah, I was pool. out there. Like, it didn't <laughs> matter. On. Didn't matter. Come on. I don't like the cold, so if it was cold, I wouldn't be out there. Okay. But... Um, I was like, that sounds a little silly. I had a client that we were working on a project, and my pool time was from 11 a.m. to 12 every day. And he called me up, and he's like, hey, I know we need to get this done. We need to move up our meeting, because I think we were supposed to meet at 12.30 or 1. Mm. It's like, I need to meet with you at 11 a.m., and I was like, oh, 
Oh. Yeah, you know what? I'm just going to be real honest with you. Like 11 to 12 is my pull time. And I really can't give that up. Yeah. <laughs> because it makes me happy. That's how I re-energize. And I thought he was going to be all mad. And he was going to be like, oh, you're not taking this seriously. And then he was like, wait a minute. You have a pool? I was like, yeah. He's like, uh, uh, can I? Can we have our meeting at the pool? Can we have a pool meeting? I'm like, absolutely. It's like, I'm going to tell my boss that I'm going to be gone for two hours for business, which is true. And uh, let's go have a pool meeting. So it's become a tradition now. I still get my pool time and I have these meetings at the pool. Like who nice. doesn't want to be there? Yeah. <laughs> but I would have never known that was even a possibility if I didn't put that boundary for myself to keep that promise to myself. And uh, and then I invited people to do it with me. So mm. why not? And we got progress done yeah <laughs> <laughs> things got done sure they did the the mimosas got done yeah. that's what got done but that can I'm just be kidding. That can no be that's anything. a good idea whatever um, makes you happy you know yeah 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 uh, no i think people need to find that one thing like even just that one thing that they can recharge by or that will reinvigorate them yes meditation or eating a, something sneaky you know, cheating on your meal. So, so, um, got to start winding this thing down here, but what, um, share a little bit about the, um, goal with great minds. And by the way, thank you so much for having me to come speak. It was an absolute blast. Happy to have you. Um, it's a great group of people, like a lot of really high level. I mean, you got them, the, uh, politicians down there. You've got some of the top entrepreneurs in, in Colorado. We had Mariel, uh, candidates, we yeah. had like we get some interesting people down there. Really do. Yeah. yeah. I've never I've never had a lack um of interesting people to speak with. <laughs> I bring my mentor now now I got J V going down there pretty regularly. Yeah. And uh, you know. So um so yeah, t- share a little bit about that and then how you know, um drop your uh, pitch, anything you want to shout out and how people can get in contact with you. I don't really have anything to pitch, really. I mean, but I will Drop your pitch. <laughs> I will Drop tell the you base. about uh Great Minds. Great Minds just was Pitch Great Minds to us. Okay, all. okay. So, sell us on that. Great Minds. Great Minds was born out of my frustration of how people network in Denver. I mean, I'm an event planner and I was going I was trying to build my clientele when I moved back here and I just went to all these networking groups that were so boring and so expensive. And as a planner, I was like, oh, I could do this so much better. And to me, I think when people start their own networking groups, they have the intention of like connections and um, that's great. But then it turns into for profit or they're promoting their business. And I just wanted a group where I could build my clientele of awesome people just to feed my own soul. And uh, by awesome people, would you mean but people with great minds? Yeah. I mean, it's in the name. (laughs) It's there. Um, Which is why I named that my company. Yeah. No, it's great. I love it. I believe that to do anything big in this world, you have to collaborate with other people. You have to get pieces of other people to make one whole mission happen. Mm. And so the way I look at it, I'm just facilitating a time and a place for people to come together and let that magic happen. And that's the magic of events. I mean, for any for a business to find your customers, to celebrate, you know, maybe a milestone in your life. To me, it just bring everyone together, let them slow their lives down and enjoy and have fun and let those brain juices get going. So you do like the you do the mixers and the cocktail happy hours and then do more of a formal event once a month, mm-hmm. right? Well, what should people expect coming up here in the next few, couple months? So we have a, gr- a Great Minds Mingle, which means that we don't have speakers. Yeah. Um, at Top Golf, we're hosting it at Top Golf. To, you got to make it fun, and uh, we've been doing um, Great Minds Mingles at the Four Seasons just to get everyone together. But we just had a Great Minds meeting in Denver Tech Center where we had three incredible guest speakers talking about how to protect the dream. So we always have a theme that's going to be really useful, not just for entrepreneurs and business owners, but anyone who's trying to accomplish anything. Mm. My thought was, and maybe we can leave it at this and wrap it up. My thought was you have so many people trying to do so many awesome things and there's so many resources out there to find the information to get there. 
they can go to those resources. This is different. I wanted to teach life skills, mindsets, and bring the people who have those mindsets to uplift whoever is trying to achieve something. Like when I was going through my business, nobody told me I was going to experience sexism. Nobody told me I was going to, you know, hit a challenge. And then how do you get through that? So I wanted to not just teach the game. I wanted to teach the rules of the game so that somebody could have the discernment to figure out their own solutions. And so I'm bringing people who, guess what, know how to do that. They've done it. They know how to get results and they had to figure it out themselves or maybe, you know, find it themselves. So I'm trying to show people who are trying to achieve a goal how to achieve their own goal. Because <laughs> then they can do anything. And we just help each other do that. We have so many people with great minds now that it's just, it's a flywheel of people mm. helping other people. Flywheel is a good way to put it. Yeah. Jessica Gonzalez, thank you so much. How can people get in contact with you? How can they find you? They can go to greatmindseventplanning.com. They can look up Great Minds Group on Facebook. They can find the Alpha Female on Instagram. Or they can go to alphafemalevision.com. Grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming down. Bye, guys.